Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the show. Once again, True Condos Podcast with your host here, Andrew LaFleur. Thanks for listening in. This is, um, I don't know if I've done this before, I'm calling it a reaction cast. So this is me reacting to uh, some audio clips that you're going to hear. And in this case, the clips are from Brad Lamb. So Brad Lamb's been a guest on the show a few times. He's, you know, obviously one of the uh, top figures in the Toronto condominium market for many, many years. Um, and he's just generally a very... Um, smart guy to listen to. If you're interested in condo investing, you definitely want to follow Brad Lamb, follow his uh, advice, follow his example, um, and learn to do what he has done, which has made a massive fortune through investing in down in, in mostly in Toronto condos, but other cities as well. So um, we recently had a, a free, one of our free live events, um, and Brad Lamb was a speaker at this event. And we posted Brad three questions. We called it three, quest, three questions with Brad, where we posed him a question and he answered those questions. So in this reaction cast, you're going to hear um, the question and the answer um, from Brad. And then you're going to hear my reactions. I'm going to react to it, to, uh, to Brad's answers. And I'll throw in my um, take on what Brad is saying. So that is the concept. That's what we're doing here. Hope that all makes sense. So sit back, kick back and relax and, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So we'll jump right in. Before we got to the first point, there was actually um, at the presentation, there was a bit of a preamble and intro, if you will, um, where somebody was asking Brad about the, you know, some of the rules and regulations and new stuff that's coming in around development in downtown core. And so Brad addressed that before we got into the uh, first few points. So I'll let you listen to this preamble bit, and then we'll uh, jump back in and in just a moment. So here it is. So one of the things that um, has changed is uh, you were talking about levies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the levies, yeah. yeah. So development levies uh, right now, <clears throat> well, uh, previous to now, a one bedroom was twenty thousand dollars. Just the just the development levy alone. Two bedroom was a little more than that. They're they're going up seventy percent. This is passed by council, meaning that um, a one bedroom levy, the tax paid to the city is now thirty four thousand dollars for one bedroom and forty thousand for a two bedroom. That's just the start of it. Anyways, just correcting what it, someone told me you were talking about that. So. Oh, no. Well, actually, what I, my question was, and what was passing the city plan, and this is the city looking to push developers to build more larger units in the building. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's that. So that's called TO Core. Uh, and in, on top of that, um, <clears throat> they're insisting developers build commercial in condominiums. So, um, so in a building like this, which is 80,000 square feet, it's a tiny building. It's an incredible building, which you, you see in places like, you know, uh, New York and places where Hong Kong, where real estate's very scarce, this kind of building happens. If I did this building, it's all approved now, but if I did this building uh, now, they'd make me do 20% of it as office. The problem is an office I can sell for 700 a square foot. And the, and the, and the residential, we can get 1,100 or 1,200 a square foot. So it would mean we couldn't build this building. 
So what the city is doing is they're shutting down. I could give you 20 reasons, 20 things that are happening on the federal, provincial, uh, municipal level that's shutting down development, but it's over. You know, we have, we have a bunch of stuff in the pipeline, which we've been bringing out over years, but after this, we're done. I'm moving to, I don't know, Cayman Islands, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I, I know it sounds like I'm joking, but I'm not joking. It, it truly is. Uh, we, as a development company, we're under, we're under siege with the city. For instance, I own a lot of real estate in this, east, in this west precinct. I've been buying it for, for 10 years. Every time I did a building or I made some money, I sold some condos, I'd buy a building. And I try to uh, accumulate them all together because that becomes a development site. So what the city did two years ago is they made every single building built before 1950 historic. This building would be historic. There's nothing historic about this building. They would, and by making it historic, they, they enact um, uh, draconian regulations to prevent us from building on it. So that they, they make the site so small, they make the regulations so onerous that we can't build on it. And that's what's happening. So, so uh, uh, new development, so right now you probably see a lot of cranes and you think, yeah, there's lots going on and, and there's lots of new condos and uh, the city's growing by an alarming clip. But the truth is actually it's shrinking. There were 130 cranes in Toronto a year ago. There's 70 cranes today. A year from now, there'll be 50. Two years from now, there'll be 30. Four years from now, there'll be zero. It's over. The development of this city is now over. Unless, of course, we change government. Okay, there you have the little intro there um, from Brad. So again, he's talking about the all the red tape regulations, the layers that have been placed on development by the various levels of government, municipal, provincial, federal. And basically, Brad is, is telling us that, in his words, it's over. Uh, the downtown development is over. Um, you might think that's hyperbole. You might think he must be just joking. But as he said, he's not joking. He's being serious. He really believes that unless there's a change in government, unless there's a change in the track that we're on as a city, that development uh, is pretty much going to grind to a halt in the city, especially when it comes to residential development, at least. Um, very interesting. So basically, don't take for granted this development, this boom that we're having right now. Um, there's a number of reasons why we've gotten to where we are and why we've experienced such incredible growth, especially in the downtown core, but as a region, um, as a mega city and a region as a whole. Um, so he's, he's saying, you know, we've really, uh, we've created all, the government's created all this, uh, these layers and it's slowing everything down. And unless there's a change, this whole thing could potentially get shut down. So Obviously, time will tell how accurate these predictions are, and we've just had a change in government at the provincial level. We uh, have an election coming up at the municipal level, and next year there's an election at the federal level. So all these uh, government turnovers can certainly change things around dramatically, so we'll see uh, how things play out there. But a very interesting and, and different take on it. You might, again, think that it's it's, you know, just crazy talk that he's saying but actually there's a lot of developers who are, are saying very similar things to me lately that it's just become so onerous on them to try to purchase a site and turn that site into condos that it's just gotten absolutely ridiculous and um, development as a result is starting to slow down future development the pipeline is starting to slow down significantly 
Okay, so let's jump into the, the actual first point of the presentation, the first question. So here we go. Oh, and sorry, the, the question, the first question is um, why, uh, to give you context for it, why, uh, why does the, this, the myth of the condo bubble, why is it so persistent, even though clearly we have a shortage of condos in the city, why are there, is there still so many people out there that believe that there's a condo bubble and that we have too many condos? So listen to Brad's reaction to that. Well, it's not a myth because ultimately, you know, um, I lived through uh, uh, 89, 90, 91, which was a disaster. Um, I lived through 2001, uh, 2008, 9, 2011. You, you probably don't even know we had a condo recession in 2011, but we did. Uh, it was minor, but, it, but we felt it. You know, um, recessions happen. Uh, some are more silent than others, but recessions happen. The, the key is that you can't worry about stuff like this, because I can't predict it. I'm very, very plugged into the economy and to things, and I get information before you do, and I don't know when that's going to happen. And you can't, you can't live your life looking over your shoulder. So the, the key is, is to buy real estate based on the fundamentals today. If it makes sense today, you rent it, you put it away, and you have a long-term plan. If someone comes along, like I'm building a building down the street here called Harlow. And uh, when I sold that building, we were selling it at 540 a foot. And people were resistive to 540 a foot. I'm like, you're out of your mind. It's a beautiful building. It's my daughter's name. I named it after my daughter's beautiful building. Resistive, you know, and, and I think, uh, did you sell it? No, anyway, who sold that building? Frank, anyway, it was tough. Today, we're selling those for 1150 a foot. So we started it, I think we started building it two and a half years ago. We started selling it four years ago, four and a half years ago. So people put, you know, if they bought something for 250, they put, um, I don't know, like 40 grand down. And that 40 grand, they've made 300,000 plus their 40. It's insane. You can't make that money with Bitcoin, gambling from <laughs> day one. It's, it's crazy. So the thing is, if someone comes along, after you've bought something like that, and someone come along, comes along and says, I'm going to pay you, you pay 260, I'll pay you 550. Sure, cash out. That's good. That's, that makes sense. But you can't live your life as a real estate investor that way. It's a long-term thing. And so who cares about bubbles, who cares about recessions, who cares about corrections? You buy, you finance, you rent, and you forget about it. And it doesn't matter. Everyone's panicking and selling their fucking uh, Tesla stock and, and, and you know, Google and so on. It doesn't matter. You just buy real estate for the long term, put it away, it doesn't matter. So uh, it, bubble myths mean nothing to me, and they shouldn't mean anything to you. Okay, there you have it. That was the first point about the condo bubble. Um, so... Brad's reaction, I thought, was was very interesting. He's basically his his answer to that was basically, you know, you got to forget about this bubble nonsense. You've got to ignore it. You've got to, as a real estate investor, be much more strategic than that. You have to have a much bigger picture thinking than that. Um, and if you if you do what he's done, which is buy for the long term, buy and hold, um, buy properties, rent them out, set it and forget it. This kind of mentality. Um, Brad is very much against flipping condos as well. He touched on it a little bit how, you know, the, the gave an example of the Harlow development, which, you know, people were resistant to the prices at first. And now the prices people paid four years ago just look laughable compared to what prices they're getting now today. 
Um, he's saying, look, you can, you can do that and you can buy a property and you can, you can sell it and three, four years later and make a little bit of money. But again, something we talk about in this podcast all the time, the way that you truly grow your wealth in real estate investing is through buying and holding, buying and holding, refinancing every few years, continuing to grow your portfolio, continuing to add to your portfolio and basically never sell, never sell unless you have, um, another asset to purchase with. Um, those funds that is going to perform better than the asset that you already have, which in most cases is very hard to find because you've got so much uh, equity and, and uh, mortgage pay down already built up and, and your cash flow situation over time just gets better and better. So your incentive to sell becomes uh, generally less and less over time. So buy and hold is the lesson here and forget about the condo bubble. Let's jump into the second point, which was the question here for Brad was, why would anyone want to invest in Hamilton? Talking about Television City, of course, and his development there and many other projects he has coming up soon in Hamilton. Why would anyone want to invest in Hamilton? So let's hear what Brad has to say about that. Well, Hamilton is great partly because Toronto's great. So if you went to Hamilton, I went to Hamilton every year for 10 years and I was like, I'm out of here. I'm not interested. And then two years ago, I noticed a big change. Uh, and, I, and, you know, if, if, uh, if, if I was in Hamilton, I wouldn't admit this because they'd throw, they'd throw poo at me. But <laughs> the reality is, is that Hamilton's getting better because Toronto is getting better. You know, as, you know, as Toronto crested to 600, 700, 800, 900, so on a foot, uh, certain people were like, I, I, I can't live here. I can't, I can't make things work here. I need, I have kids, uh, I'm a chef or I'm a tech person or I'm an actor. I need to find a way to live in dignity. And some people can't do that anymore in Toronto. So places like, you know, the, the Tri-Cities and, and the Niagara Peninsula and Hamilton start to make sense. So f for one thing, it's because Toronto is more expensive and vibrant and it's half an hour away. And you can take a train for, it's a 52-minute train ride every hour. So you can live in Hamilton, work in Toronto. It's not great driving 52 minutes on a train, but it's livable. So Hamilton is benefiting greatly from, from the massive wealth creation in Toronto, much like Brooklyn benefited from the wealth creation in Manhattan. Uh, it's inevitable, and, um, and you know, someone, I think, uh, Ryan showed me a new approval for two towers. There are probably 15 towers of the nature that we're doing here approved, and they're going to unfold. They're not as good as our towers, because our towers are the best, but there's still towers, and what towers do is when you have you know, 800 units on a, an acre, that's 1,200 new people descending on the street, buying Starbucks, buying food, whatever. And so that improves the city. There's also an RFP in the, um, on, the, on the, uh, the waterfront, and you know, I'm a mid-sized developer. I'm not Tridel, I'm not Great Golf, I'm not uh, Menkes. These guys have 40 years experience in me. They're all billionaires, I'm not there yet. Uh, these guys are doing this RFP, and as you're talking 4,000 units on the, on the waterfront, and that's just going to, it's going to, you know, that's 6,000 people descending down James Street. And, and, and so you're going to see um, huge renovation, huge change. Uh, you're going to see four-star hotels, the Ace Hotel, the Nomad Hotel, uh, Italy. All these things are going to happen in, in, in Hamilton. You can't see it now, but trust me, um, in a small city like Hamilton, um, geographically small, all of this stuff's gonna make a big difference. And we're the catalyst, we're, we are ground zero, and everything after us is gonna be more expensive. Okay, so there's the second point, why invest in Hamilton? 
And Brad's main idea was that, look, uh, Hamilton's a great place to invest. Hamilton's experiencing success and growth uh, in a large way because it is a recipient or is a spinoff or is a, a victim of Toronto's success, you could say. So the as Toronto flourishes and as, as wealth and money and, and uh, GDP growth and jobs are happening, you know, primarily in Toronto as the as the bullseye, as the center point of this region, that spin-off effect is happening in other cities around the area. And Hamilton is certainly um, well positioned to uh, to take advantage of that and to benefit from that. And that's exactly what's happening. Brad has also said on other occasions that he thinks the long-term sort of trajectory path for Hamilton is that ultimately Hamilton is going to become a suburb of Toronto as the mega region grows and grows and grows. And I've talked about this as well, just how, especially if you're looking on the west side of the city, the growth, the growth, the growth is just is just incredible. I mean, already people are commuting into Toronto from Grimsby's and Stony Creeks and even as far away as, um, as St. Catharines, Niagara Falls. So to, to to say that Hamilton is uh, you know is is in a way a suburb of Toronto, uh, a commuter town to Toronto, you know that's you know that's already sort of true now. It's only going to become more and more true. But the other great thing about Hamilton, of course, is that it is its own city. It does have its own economy. It is um, it is unique in that way in the GTA compared to your Mississaugas and your Markhams and those places because. It really is its own city with its own industry and its own history. So, um, and he also just talked about the fact that, look, there's so many towers uh, coming up in the pipeline over the next few years in Hamilton, and it's a relatively small city compared to Toronto. So, you know, 10, 15 towers being added to the downtown core of Hamilton is going to make a massive difference, a massive change in the city compared to, you know, you add 10, 15 towers in downtown Toronto. And, you know, you don't really even notice that they're there, but 10, 15 towers in Hamilton is a huge, um, is a huge difference. So that is the second part there. And now we'll jump to the third and final question that we posed to Brad. And that was, what is your number one piece of advice to someone thinking about investing in a condo today? What's your number one piece of advice? So let's hear what he has to say to that. Okay. So, you know, um, when you buy when you buy investment real estate, uh, if you go to seminars and you read books, you're going to hear that you want to uh, you might hear about cap rate or you want to hear about um, the rent. Basically, in investment property, the rent needs to exceed the costs. It's basic moronic math. If I make more money than I spend, I'm going to have a positive cash return. So here's the thing: if you buy a plaza or a duplex or a tenplex or uh, an office building, you buy that purely on cash flow. And that's how it works. And when you go to sell it, it sells on cash flow. So if people are buying things based on cash flow and you increase the cash flow, then you have a plaza, you make more money. You buy it at a million dollars, you increase the cash flow by 50%, then you can sell it for $2 million or whatever the, the cap rate works out to be, okay? The beauty of condos, and, and this is why I love condos, this is why I've always invested most of my money in buying individual condos. In fact, my first condo building was a result of me selling 10 condos. I, raised, I bought them much the way you are from developers like me when I wasn't a developer. And I raised $2 million and I bought a piece of land for $4 million and I built a condo. It's called uh, Glass. It's not too far from here. Um, so here's what's beautiful buying a condo. 
You buy a condo, you rent it out as an investment property, and you have a choice. You can sell it to an investor if people are buying investment condos and they're working on a cap rate. So if, rate, if rents are high and investors are like, okay, I'm getting, you know, um, a one bedroom is now $3,500 a month, I'm going to buy it because I get cash flow, that's great. But you can also sell it to someone who wants a home. You can't sell a plaza to someone who wants a home. You can't sell an apartment building to someone who wants a home. So the beauty of condos, it's a hybrid investment. And the idea that you can buy a condo anywhere in the world, rent it and have a positive cash flow, it doesn't work in Moscow, it doesn't work in Hong Kong, it doesn't work anywhere, but it works in Hamilton. Now, right now, it works in Hamilton. It won't work forever. It doesn't work in Toronto. Nobody, nobody can buy a condo in Toronto at 1,100 a foot and rent it out and make money. You, you're, you're looking at, the, at the, uh, the possibility of making a capital gain, right? But in Hamilton, it's one of those sweet spots right now, and it won't last forever. You can buy it 580 or 600 a foot, rent for 350 a foot, and make money. And that's rare. So I like condos uh, because it's a hybrid investment. I, I'm going to buy it as an investment, and I'm going to sell it to you as a home. And when you buy it as a home, you don't worry about rent, cash flow. You like the furniture. You like the paint. You like the kitchen. You're going to buy it because it's a home. And that's how you make money because you're, you're buying as a pure investor, and you're selling to emotion, right? And that's the big difference. That's why condos make so much sense as an investment. I think also they're liquid. They're totally liquid because you can, you, you know, apartment buildings, if, if, uh, if the economy's not doing well, all the big investors turtle, but people still move to Toronto, they still need a place to live. You're going to, you know, we build these condos, we sell these buildings to people like you as investments. And uh, so, you know, if there's 500 units, we sell 400 to investors, we keep 100, we sell them at the end of the day to end users. But as the building matures, all of you end up selling for a profit. Very few hold on for 25 years, despite what we tell you, because you make money. And in the end, it's a very easy thing to sell, right? You don't get stuck with this. It's a, it's, 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 as you said, it's, it's a liquid investment. And I think that's the big difference between all other, all other classes of investment real estate, is that they are illiquid. And this is liquid. Okay, there you have it. That was the last point. And talking about what's the number one piece of advice that you have for condo investors? Well, not so much a piece of advice as it was more of an observation and uh, stating a fact that, you know, what makes condominiums such a unique investment compared to other types of properties, specifically comparing it to commercial type properties and investments you can get into. Um, he's just bringing up a very interesting point that condos are like a hybrid investment where you can buy them as an investment but, and as an investor and you can sell them to a user. So you makes it unique compared to other types of properties um, in that sense. And anytime you can sell something to someone on emotion or you can also sell it uh, to someone on logic, so to speak, as a, for an investor, you have that hybrid, you have, you have an option to sell to two different audiences potentially down the road that makes your investment a lot more of a liquid investment, easier to, um, easier to sell when, you, when and if you do need to sell in the future. He also talked about cash flow and just the fact that, you know, it's very difficult to find cash flow in Toronto, but it's still very much possible to get cash flow in Hamilton, similar to what you could get in Toronto 5, 10, 20 years ago. Um, you can still get that in Hamilton and there will come a time when the Hamilton market matures to the point where you can't get cash flow in Hamilton either, but we haven't reached that point certainly yet. And that makes Hamilton a great place to invest in now today. 
Um, and it's one of the reasons why I personally have invested in Hamilton, adding to my portfolio of mostly Toronto condos. Now I also have um, a couple of units in Hamilton as well and looking to get on the riding that wave of development there that's in a much earlier stage compared to where Toronto is at. Well, I continue to also invest in, uh, in Toronto condos too. So there you have it. Um, I hope you enjoyed this first ever, I think, first ever reaction cast. Um, and I hope you got some value from it. So make sure you do go ahead and subscribe to truecondos.com. Make sure you're getting our weekly email updates for everything that's happening in the condo market. Just go to truecondos.com and sign up anywhere there to subscribe. And if you enjoyed the show, go ahead and leave a review on iTunes or rating on iTunes. It just takes 30 seconds and it really helps us get the word out about the show, helps other investors find out about it. So thank you so much. And until next time, happy investing. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.